Welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Lindsay Rossiter is also back on the podcast. So, welcome back again. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about um, a lot of things to do with coaching and being an athlete. Um, Well, I should split those up. Being an athlete and being a coach, not mutually together. I mean, some people are athletes and coaches at the same time. but getting into, you know, expectations that each have for each other, um, you know, I, I posed the question on Instagram over the weekend of what are expectations for coaches, what are expectations for athletes, um, and then if you were both a coach and an athlete, you know, kind of what are your expectations from both ends. Um, you know, my, my myself, I feel like I'm in a in a unique position. I think we all are that we've all had coaches and we've all coached athletes. So like we've been on both sides of it from being an athlete and we've been coaches. Um, so I think that kind of, we can provide some unique perspective to both ends of that. Um, you know, for me, what was it a year? What am I going on a year and a half ago ish? roughly is when I first got a coach. Um, you know, I'd had some tips and things along the way, but I spent the first, you know, four and a half years or so of powerlifting. Um, primarily, I mean, coaching myself besides, you know, the little bit of help that I would get from training partners and things like that. But, um, you know, and then since then I've, I've been able to experience what it's like to have a coach. And, um, you know, I went straight to, I had, I had a list of three coaches that I wanted to work with and um, all of them had good reputations of, you know, putting pounds on the total and, and being there for their athletes and things. So, um, you know, I've been lucky enough. I've worked with two of arguably the best uh, in the country, in the world uh, for that matter. So, um, you know, I definitely have some unique perspective into how those coaches operate. Um, and then just speaking to other coaches, along the way of how they operate and things. So, um, you know, before we get diving too deep into it, I'm going to kind of pose this question to you guys, you know, from a coach standpoint, what are things that you expect from your athletes? And whoever wants to take that one on first, Kate. Go ahead. Um, I think one of the biggest things is communication in a – effective manner so i mean communication from from your athlete to you from the athlete yeah yeah. because i mean a lot of times people won't communicate and i mean if they're having a high stress week or if they're not doing any of their workouts or if they're doing one of their four workouts and they're just progressing on to the next week and then all of a sudden three weeks later they're telling you that they failed whatever lift or Mm -hmm. they're feeling like crap, Um, I mean, you don't know that whole time. You're programming off of thinking that that they're, if you haven't heard anything, like, okay, everything's going good. Um, Or if they're not sleeping, if they're not eating, Mm -hmm. they can't expect everything to move how it should. Um, And then I think another big one that people are becoming somewhat better at is – like educating themselves before they pose a question to you that they could probably find elsewhere. 
like a basic question because there's so much information out there now. There's so many coaches putting out videos. There's information on Mm -hmm. YouTube. There's and if they find that information, um, well, you know, what I always say too is like I think the same way is that they should be searching these questions out first before they come to ask. Don't think of your coach as like, that's okay, that's my ultimate lifeline, and they're just going to be there on call to answer any little question I have. Right. Um, you know, one, that coach probably has other clients that need their attention. So not that it's a waste of their time per se, but it kind of is because you're not educating yourself. You're looking for that instant gratification answer rather than there's a thing called Google. It, it's massive. Yeah. I don't know if everyone's heard of it or not, but there's a thing called Google. You search these things out and guess what? A lot of options are going to pop up and you can watch multiple videos, mm-hmm. read multiple articles, whatever. And you'll probably get your question answered or you'll find like counters to that question. And then you can kind of make an educated guess for yourself. And guess what? Then you have your coach who's your guider and mm-hmm. you know, kind of your mentor. Yeah. You can bounce it off them like, hey, I saw this article or I saw this video. What do you think of this? Is this how you would, you know, say it? And here was my question or whatever. Then from there, you can ask that question, mm-hmm. you know, but first, you know, educate yeah, depending on what it is, if it's something mm-hmm. individual to them that they mm-hmm. might not be able to find, then okay. But if it's how do you do a basic movement, like if there's something in my program that I've never seen before, my first instinct is to go to Google, mm-hmm. look at. I mean, if there are different YouTube variations it, yeah. of that movement, and then I might take a video of myself if I need to and send it to Trevor and say, hey, is this what you had in mind when you programmed this movement? Is this right? And it might be right, or he might say, whatever, yeah, keep like, your elbows yeah. in a little bit more, or yeah. use this different bar. But I mean, for the most part, that's been an effective method. I mean, think of it that way. It seems really straightforward, but it just doesn't cross athletes' minds. Mm-hmm. to do that um i've seen the kind of play devil's advocate a little bit i've seen coaches who will get offended by that they're like no 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 that's not what i was talking about like i'll show you how i want you to do it and like they they have this power play mm. where it's like everything has to go through them like i've seen that part happen but at the same time i've seen just as many athletes who i mean they don't not only do they not ask the coach they don't even go look it up mm-hmm. they're just like yeah i think this is right so what i really like with what Lindsay and Justin were saying is you go and educate yourself, but then you go and talk to the coach. Like that level of communication is very different than just like constantly asking questions. Like I'm going to attempt to figure this out. Uh, I'm going to take a video of myself doing a movement and then you send it to the coach and you know, what do I need to work on with this? And if they say, Oh no, you're good. Great. Move on. Um, Mine's accountability. If you don't do something, just say you didn't do it. Yeah. If you don't know how to do something, just say you don't know how to do it. If you are struggling with it, just own up to it. I mean, all of us have been in a situation where life gets in the way and you're like, I I honestly didn't have time to go through these things or I slept like shit for the past four days. I tried to do the workout. I got half of it in and I was wrecked. And instead of saying some excuse for it or not saying anything at all, just tell them because like you were saying, you can't program with information you don't have. Mm -hmm. If you just keep going forward saying, well, it seems like everything's good. You can wreck somebody with, yep. In, yep. while having the best of intentions. I think that's a big thing we see with nutrition, especially too. Like if someone doesn't do well that week, they'll just not check in. Maybe, mm. and I've been guilty of it. Maybe thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to check in next week after I do well," and that kind of spirals down into this negative momentum mm. of then they don't do good the next week and they don't check in, and then you have an athlete that didn't check in for 
three, four weeks and yeah. you have to kind of chase them down and be like, hey, like, yeah. everything okay? <laughs> From that point too, it's like how much damage was done that could have been mitigated. If everyone's going to have a bad week on programming, nutrition, whatever. Um, I don't, you know, doesn't matter what level you're at, you're, you're going to have a bad week. But if you have a bad week, maybe checking in with that coach, holding yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. Maybe they give you that little pep talk and it it's gonna make fires a you difference. back up. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, okay, you screwed up. How do we adjust that? Yeah. And it's happened before where I've had athletes come back um, from nutrition or whatever and you know didn't adhere to it the last you know three days before check-in. Things went haywire. I binged. I did this. I didn't eat. You know, that's kind of a big one too. Got busy, didn't eat. Um you know, and sometimes they'll know exact amounts. Hey, I was, you know, 60 grams under on my carbs for mm. two days. And, you know, it, all that helps me to be able to adjust for the next week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I say, hey, let's stay the same, but let's hit everything proper and let's see what happens. And maybe you know? it's a behavior thing too that your coach can help you with. Like you if know. there's habits you need to change or if there's a piece of advice, like, hey, let's try prepping in advance this week. Mm-hmm. Make sure you do like big portions of your meats on Sunday because that's going to help you get through the week or little yeah. methods that they have. Just yeah. talking to them can help you get back on track so you're not on this negative spiral where you're just going to fall off even more from not talking to them. Yeah. And I see it on the flip side when people think they're doing everything right too. Like communication doesn't stop just because you think you're on track. I'll see it with uh, recovery clients that I work with and I'll check in with them like on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and say, Oh, how are things going? Oh, they're good. Come on, keep going. Yeah. Like what's the rest yeah. of the information? Yeah. It's like, just because you're doing everything, tell me why it's good. Like, um, uh, uh, with Justin, like we work on like biceps and triceps. So it'll be a check in like, how are those feeling? And he'll mm-hmm. give me info. Like, well, I did a floor press and it felt like this, but I had a heavy bench and it felt like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like some of those details are really important for me in the same way that the details of like the macro counting and the timing is really important for nutrition. Um, because if I know that things are good, I might have a plan in mind for what happens next if things are going really well. Yeah. And I need to know in what way are they going well? So are things ready to progress? Do we need to stay at that for a little while longer? Um, if they're going well and I know that you're in competition prep and you're about to go into a really intense phase, then that means we're ready to make adjustments, you know, and yeah. according to that in higher intensity. But the details of when things are good or just are important. I think from the, the communication thing too is a lot of people need to understand like, you know, there's a time and place to give your coach a book. Yeah, they, you frequency know, is you a need big to part. you need to be direct and communicative, but you also need to understand like the coaches don't have time to sit here and read your life story every single week. Because uh, all I, I mean, I have <laughs> clients who do it, um, where it, it, it's what you told me could have been summarized in two, three sentences. And I know, and we'll adjust or whatever, but it seems like, you know, especially it'll happen on the nutrition side where it's like every week, it's like a book of what went on. And nine times out of 10, there's excuses in there of why this is happening, why that's happening. And, you know, the, the coach isn't, the, the coach is there to guide you. And I think that's the biggest thing that people need to understand is, <clears throat> You know, just like when I go to my coach, I expect that guidance. You know what I mean? I don't expect to have my coach on call at every second to answer every question. Um, you know, I don't go to my coach and say, hey, um, 
I flipped these two days around. That is so meaningless to my coach that, do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that does not matter. All the coach cares about is, did you get the workouts done? Did everything progress properly? Send the videos, let me know. You know, I yeah. think the only time I mentioned anything ever was I straight up said like, hey, um, you know, I'm going to make sure that I think he programmed bench before squats. And I had always done squats and then I benched the next day or the mm-hmm. the following day or whatever. Um, and I told him like, look, we always squat on Sunday. I have a crew there, like spotters, things like that. So for my purposes of having spotters, I like to squat first and then I'll bench on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. And, um, you know, let them know that just so we know for programming purposes going forward, I let yeah. them know in the beginning. And then when I was having my elbow issues, my bicep issues, things like that, said, hey, I'm switching it back. I'm, I'll bench first and whatever. So we know that going forward for yeah, programming. Logistically. But on a weekly basis, it's not, it's not that big of a deal if you're swapping a day here, day there. If you're, oh, I'm waiting an extra day to do this lift, that, that doesn't matter. Um, it's not that big of a deal, I should say. You know what I mean? But you'll have clients – that take things like that or um, what's another big one? Like people will come through with like 90 excuses of why that day might have not went as well in their mind as it should. Yeah. And it's like you're putting all this negativity into your training, one, you know, that doesn't need to be there. It was actually like I've watched clients, the lift looked good. Mm-hmm. It moved good. Okay, maybe you have some off reps here and there, but I don't need a two-paragraph page of – why that day didn't yeah. go optimal, just get it done, you know? And I think that's the big thing is that people don't understand, like, your coach isn't there to, like, coddle you and, and walk you through, like, every little step of this thing. They're there to guide you for the big picture. So I'm laughing because I've also heard the stories where it's the flip side where someone comes and tells you, like, hey, I did all four workouts, like, right in a row because mm-hmm. I missed a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, that part, that yeah. part's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you miss half of your week and then – um, well, I had a guy, he was, um, he was sick a couple of weeks ago and he said, Hey, you know, I, um, I'd like to just repeat that week if I could, I only got two of the days in and you know what I mean? And yeah. like, okay, that stuff I need to know, Yeah, you know, took four days off, only got two days in, you know, and okay, that we need yeah. to know. So I don't program to progress and find that out a couple of weeks later. So, um, the excessive detail, yeah. you see that a lot when it comes to like some of the like the rehab and the recovery world where people will love to come up with some version of a reason that's way over scientific yeah. on why something happened like um someone talking about having ankle instability and thinking that their quads don't engage properly as they're going through a certain angle as they're dropping through and it's like dude you just have weak ankles mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like is that the most scientific explanation for what's going on no but is that the right one yeah, yeah. like you have weak ankles and it was totally justifiable for the person uh, at the age that they were in. But like you were saying, you don't have to go through this deep explanation. It's one. It's the downside of having Google where it's like you can go and find all kinds of explanations for mm-hmm. things going on, which is coming back to the earlier point, why it's so important mm-hmm. to take what you find to your coach and get their opinion look, on it. Look at the way too. like you got to look at the way your coach coaches you also is like – you know, coaches for the most part try to be very, again, direct 
as short as possible to the point, not over cue, not over, you know, stimulate with knowledge of all these things. Right. You know, we, we don't really try to do that. We try to almost dumb it down in terms like everyone's going to be able to understand, use good cues. Here's what you need to do. Sometimes, you know, the response to the day might literally be your coach saying, okay, that looks good. Sometimes that is the res- that is yeah. the day's response because if we start lazy. if we start overflowing those people with cues and all these things they did wrong and whatever what's it, where's that going to get them they need to still progress and work on what we've already given them right there's not going to be I always I put it in my guidelines when I sent those out like when I first start working people there's no magical cues and I have clients who will do that like I'll they'll send their video I'll double tap like it hey it looks good. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just a basic day, like I've had have people send me their deload videos, I'll just like it. Okay, I've seen it. You know. And I'll have people like come back, like, did that look good? Is everything all right? Like, do I need to change anything? If I if you you needed to, I would say that. <laughs> do yeah. you know what I mean? So I think um a lot of people don't understand that from the coaching standpoint. It's like we're being short, direct, and to the point, and we kind of expect the same in return. You know, that's kind of the way it goes um it's a sniper shot yeah and and i can you know i can say and i i'm pretty sure it's the same for Lindsay since we're coached by the same person it's like um you know over the year and a half that i've had coaches um first you know josh bryant then i went to trevor um there hasn't been like an overload of like new knowledge cues. Like it wasn't like I hired these great coaches and holy shit. Like they just, they had some Blew kind of mind. secrets I yeah. didn't know about. No, it, it, it wasn't that way at all. Sure. I've had little tips here and there mm-hmm. and I've had little cue adjustments here and there, but it's not something like Trevor. What I noticed what he kind of did what I do in the beginning there was a lot of overload to get me repaired on things that I needed to repair. Yeah. We need to work this, work this. And sometimes it was repetitive, still doing this, still do that, still do that. And then those cues back off once you start to fix things because there's no new cues. Right. He doesn't need to overload me with a new cue every single training session. That What's that going to do? It's not going to do anything for me. Right. So, and that's what I like to do is I like to repair in the beginning, kind of get it out there of like how I like things to operate you know, technical uh, cues and things like that. So they understand them. And then from there, like, sure. You, my microphone died. So <laughs> <laughs> technical difficulties. So y- you might get like, uh, you might get a paragraph, you know, you might've been working with me for two years and all of a sudden I come out with a three paragraph thing of like stuff you need to do. Sure. That's going to happen, but don't expect it every training session. That's right. kind of what I'm getting at. Because you kind of you finally so, got to that milestone after that period of time where it's like, well, now we're ready to look at the next yeah. thing. And this is the amount of information you need to start working on the next yeah. thing. Like I've had it where I have uh, an online gymnastics coach. And in the beginning of it, like there was a lot of detail on things because there's so much tiny technique that's required within Mm -hmm. gymnastics as far as like your knees have to be a certain way your toes have to be a certain way that there was just like an endless list of stuff and eventually he's like kind of same thing like it looks good Mm -hmm. and what that translates to because you've been working with them and they've been communicating well and vice versa is that means i checked the boxes on all those things that we've talked about i know that the toes are in the right position and the legs and the back and all of that and if anything stands out that's the only thing. He's like, you're, no, you're still arches. You're going through that. Like, you got to fix that. That means that that's the only thing I have to you worry about. You know what that means. Right. Yeah. I know exactly what it means. And I also know that everything he's not saying 
isn't my responsibility right now. It's taken care of. Yeah. And in his mind, the only thing that's important is what he just gave me. Yep. Sometimes it's one thing at a time too. You'll get, yeah. you know, lifters, they want to find, and you can find something wrong almost every training session. It's going to happen. But like, oh yeah, if you really want to get down and get picky on it, but like it's, there's one thing at a time. Like, let's say I pick apart um, their squat and I'm saying like, you know, you're bracing it's terrible. Let's put it that way. It's terrible. Yep. Right. Um, <laughs> and you know, let's say they have some other issues, um, on top of that with their foot mechanics or whatever. All right. And then the next session bracing still isn't great, but now I'm picking more at the foot mechanics or something. That doesn't mean like all of a sudden the brace is just perfect. It just means that I'm not going to go attack it again. Right. You know what I mean? And maybe every couple of sessions I'll say, hey, you're still not doing this. Like you need to fix that or whatever. Yeah. But um, sometimes it is only that one thing that we're trying to focus at at that time. And where I might say like, hey, the feet are doing this, which is causing, you know, knee to do this, hip to do that, whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or hips doing this, you know, and everything's connected. I might be going after that and then they'll come back with well yeah my bracing wasn't good then my you know my breathing was off and i wasn't like setting back into the bar right like they'll go through all these things like okay i'm glad that you might notice that but like they i think a lot of lifters put way too much in their heads every training session when you're you should be focusing those things should just become repetitive mm-hmm. like when I go to squat or something, I might only be focusing on one or two things for the day, you know, because all the other things hopefully are ground in and set in. Yeah. But if you start thinking of six different cues while you're trying to squat, your lift is going to oh, suck. Yeah, your lift is not going <laughs> to Yeah, you're done. done. So, I mean, that's one of the things that I remember learning is at most, absolute most, and it depends on the level of complexity of it, You, an athlete can only focus on up to two things at a time. Mm-hmm. usually it's one yeah you know and the younger the athlete they, they can't handle two at all um so if you're sitting there trying to think about everything like that you had a conversation with your coach about when it comes to the movement you're doing you're yeah. done yeah. you can't like i said you go in with one or two object or uh yeah objectives there we go and that's your focus yeah so that's i mean that from a communication standpoint that's we kind of hit on that um you know, some of the other things from, you know, coach to athlete is I'm looking for, you know, people that adhere to kind of from nutrition to programming, whatever, adhere to what you say. So, you know, if I say to use this certain bar, you're using that bar. If I say to do this sort of movement, you're doing that. And she's got a chuckle. She she has, she's had a client or two where it's like, they have a whole block of using a specific bar and four weeks in, three weeks in, finding out like you haven't used that bar at all through this block. <laughs> you know, it's like that's – and I've had it. the whole point. <laughs> I've had it too where a client came back like a couple weeks into the block like, oh, hey, my gym doesn't have that bar. So what would you do the past couple weeks? Like that – we could have adjusted that right away, right. you know. Um, or athletes that they don't uh, – I had one recently didn't – you know, didn't really check in on uh, video check-ins for a while. Didn't really communicate how the program was going, anything like that. But then will email me and or you know message me or whatever and say like, 
hey, when are we going to stop doing this movement or whatever and get back to like lifting heavy and this and that? Like, wait, what? <laughs> like you've had some RP nines in there. I'd hope that you lifted someone yeah. heavy. One, two, like. You can't what, control. What, what, yeah, how, yeah. How are we going to control what you're doing when I don't even know how you're doing? Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty much giving you a program in the dark, which isn't if, you know, coaches, it's not fun for us. So you, you have to just program to program. There's no, I mean, you're not at that point. It's not even individual. You're basically just sending, you're just sending a template. A, yeah. You're just sending a, basically a template program to them because you don't know how they're doing, what they're doing, if everything's all right. You know what I mean? Theoretically individualized. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we might, like she said, we might check up on you like, Hey, how's everything going every once in a while? But it's also not our job to chase you down either. Right. So, um, so yeah, that point adherence is a big thing for me. And then, um, you know, athletes that kind of live that lifestyle, it's another thing that we look for is if you're going out and we know, like we're not stupid, you know, we see Instagram stories. If we know that you're going out, you know, two nights, three nights a week and you're um, eating like trash, you're not handling stress, you're posting Instagram at 2 a.m. or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that shows us that you're not taking your training seriously. So you know, even though we're still here to do a job, your coach isn't going to take you as serious either. Like, it's just that, and, and I'll say this, like I'm fucking human. My athletes that do take everything a little more serious and the athletes that show initiative, mm-hmm. those are the ones that are going to have the perks. You know what I mean? Those are the ones that, um, you know, let's say you're local or whatever. I might stop in, see you lifted and I might spend 20 minutes on you you know, helping you out without charging you for a session. You know what I mean? Like those people that take it serious, you're willing to go that little bit extra step for them because they're given that same, you know, back to you. Right. So that's, that's another thing is, you know, if you're an athlete who is pretending to be an athlete, then, you know, you got to turn it around or else your, your coach won't take you seriously either. So, um, I want to ask about, not uh, the type of communication as far as, well, okay. When I was being taught how to be a coach in like my early twenties, I worked with a lot of middle school, high school kids and the owner of the business constantly was like, you got to have more energy. You got to have more fun. And I get, cause you're working with kids. Mm-hmm. Like I get that part. I carried that over into working with clients to the extent that like there were other coaches who just like laughed at me. Because mm-hmm. like you are way too positive yeah. about things. Because if you get taught the sandwich or the cookie method, which is mm-hmm. what I don't know what they call on it now, but it's always something like that where it's like um, compliment, constructive criticism, compliment, mm-hmm. or you know critique, whatever they want to call it. So it was constantly like, hey, you're doing a really good job, but we're going to work on trying to finish the hips a little bit more as we're going through. All right, let's get after it on this next one. It became ingrained. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing this story on a podcast where a strength coach who was taught just like that was working with these uh, special forces group. And I think it was like hand to hand kind of stuff. And he was doing it. He's like, guys are doing really great. Talking about something. One of the guys stands up in the middle of the combat training, looks right at him and says, I don't need any positive fucking reinforcement <laughs> and goes right back into it. And he was just stunned Yeah, because it was what he was, it was his paradigm. Yeah. And what I've realized and what the guy was talking about realizing is that, you know, he will fall into that, not because it has a benefit, not because he's getting, 
you know, good feedback from it and seeing a result. He's doing it because that's what he was taught to do. And some of the responses that I get when we put the the question out on Instagram is people are just like, I just want you to be honest. Yep. Well, I just want honesty. That's I got back to. Yep. The people, what I've noticed is like, it's kind of like a, a running joke <laughs> that like, if you can get a smile out of me or whatever, if you get <laughs> like a compliment, it's like a big, big deal or whatever. Um, it's not really that case, but like. I will say what you need to hear rather than what you want to hear. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. Now, it also depends. I try to realize who I'm working with at times too, because there are people that like are a little bit more sensitive or whatever, or oh, yeah. you, yeah. you have to kind of go know your towards, yeah, know, know who you're talking to and things. Because there's some people that do like that, um, that more like military driver, like, you know, you need to get this shit done, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And there's people that like, to be told like okay this is what i need to do but like you say it in a manner that's not so forceful and things like that yeah um so it depends a lot on who you're working with i think it depends on the experience level of the athlete too like if you have a beginner i'm gonna be a lot more like positive Positive with them like hey this is looking a lot better this week (laughs) we need to keep working on this but You're doing great. You're making progress. Mm. So you keep reminding them no. that they are making progress. They're getting better at whatever they need like, to be getting better at. But like an athlete, no. like I know we've been in this for five, six years. Like I don't expect anything to be sugar-coated. Yeah. I think about, you know, if I've been working with someone, when, I, when I've been working with them for about a year and like at that point it is sometimes like, okay, if I've told you to do this or that, like – and you're still not doing that. What I'm telling you, and it's not like hard fixes or anything. This is simple life things or simple things um, throughout your lift that you're still screwing up. Then, then I'm gonna start to just be a little bit more direct. Like you need to fix this flat out. Yeah, you need to eat better. You need to sleep better. There's no being around the bush about like, it. You shouldn't, you know, on a conventional deadlift. Like your butt shouldn't be shooting up still. You know what I mean? Like that's we're past that point and you fixed it before and now you're reverting back. Let's fix it. Now. Right. This yeah. is an acute thing yeah. that we need to worry about. And a lot of times you see it in their progression too. Like if you're not really progressing over a span of time, at that point, start looking, you probably need to start looking in on yourself, especially like, you know, if you, if you have a coach and you're looking around and all their other clients are progressing, but you're not, it's time to start looking in on yourself yeah. a little bit. So especially at the, the beginner intermediate levels, like if you're more advanced, it's going to happen. You know, you're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have times where like nothing's going right. Um, it doesn't matter how good your coach is. It's just how it is at that point. You know, and you're probably going to get through it. You just need time. But if you're a beginner, intermediate, like th- those are easy fixes that, you know what I mean? You should yeah. pretty much be progressing, uh, you know, for the first couple of years there. So um, from the athlete side of it, the things that I would, that I have really benefited from and look for when trying to find a coach has always been consistency in the communication. It's like not so much are you, are you consistently hard on me or consistently positive with me, but like mm. just timing. Like if if it's a process where I'm going to check in with you once a week, don't leave me hanging for a couple of days yeah. going through it. Unless like I know that that's what the process is. Like I, ch- I send you stuff on Thursday, you talk to me Sunday, great. But when there's a lapse in that communication, mm-hmm. um, it – comes back to the athlete like that's your responsibility like you need to reach out to them again because there could be a very good reason why it happens mm-hmm. but 
if they're constantly falling behind mm-hmm. in getting back to you, even if getting back to you is, like you said, just looks good, mm-hmm. double tap like, that is enough that I know that they saw it. That's yeah. my feedback. Great. Keep moving forward. Yeah. But I need consistency you know, from the coaches as yeah. much as like, the, like I would expect consistency and communication from the athletes. Yeah. If, um, you know, I think you get in that routine too. And most coaches will tell you kind of how their stuff works. Yeah. Um, you know, I think like my program usually comes through like Friday night, Saturday morning. If it turned into like Sunday morning, you know, late morning, I knew there was like, you know, sometimes like he'll announce like, Hey, I'm traveling or whatever yeah. this is going on. You kind of see that or whatever. He'll let you know. Like, but like if it turns into like, okay, well I got to squat you know, in the afternoon here or at noon or 11 and I don't have my program. Okay. Like time to reach out and say, Hey, yeah. what's going on here? Um, cause sometimes it is a thing of like, Oh, the email didn't go through or yeah, something simple, you know, um, you might open a message. Someone distracts you. This is what happened to all of us before. Like you open a message, someone distracts you, you close your messages, close whatever you get on with whatever the hell they distracted you on. And then you forgot that that person messaged you, you mm-hmm. know, maybe some other messages come in, you start answering those and you just, you know, it just happens. Yep. So yeah, if, as from an athlete standpoint, that communication's huge and routine, but also like if it hasn't came through, then I'm going to, you, you need to be responsible and reach out. Yeah. For me, you know, being an athlete, I think one of the, the biggest things that I looked for was one, like it, I, I wanted to put my training in someone else's hands to see, okay, I'm going to program to my strengths like most people do. Right. Um, I'm going to kind of be in my – sometimes it's like you know, you're know you in your own box, in your own bubble, and you have your exercises that you like to do or whatever. And you look back. Like I can remember when I first started getting programmed by Josh, I'd look in and be like, I haven't thrown that in in a while. Why haven't I? That's, that, that is kind of what I need. Like, And you don't look at it that way until you see someone else do it. So that was kind of one of the things, um, getting coaches having that outside perspective. But when I, I expect that outside perspective to be, how do I say, like they should always know where I'm at in my training through communication. Cause yeah. I, I feel like as an athlete, I do communicate fairly well. Um, so I need them to always know like where I'm at in my training. Mm-hmm. If something is lacking you know i would expect like especially if i'm giving you that feedback let's make a plan to fix it you know proactive coach i guess i should say not just like a hey you did good good job all right here's your next week's program and it just keeps going like that forever like no matter what you do it's a great job like this and that no like if i'm fucking up on something or i need to do more of something or whatever tell me and that's something like you know with trevor i appreciate is like he told me like hey this is what you're doing. This needs fixed. Work more of this. And like, I can remember like one of the things was like mobility and I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, well, at one point, like it was like something, um, I think I was something when my hip flexor was messed up in my leg and yeah. like the hips and things. So he's like, do more of this, this, this. I'm like, dude, I do that every single day. It's like multiple times a day. I was like, I think and I'm, this is what it still looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's not like there, there's, I feel like at this point, there's no amount of mobility that's going to fix it. But if, you know what I mean? If he doesn't know that I'm doing that, then he can't adjust right. to do it. He just assumes like, okay, you must not be doing enough or doing, maybe it wasn't the right mobility for what's needed. I that's mean, he's thing, not yeah. like, 
he's not in my, you know, he's not two feet away from me examining me. He's just Watching going- Watching you do whatever you do throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's different. If I come to you, we can actually be in here, move around. You can see hands on like what's going on. Whereas like with that, like he gets to see my lifting videos and explanation of me saying something, you yep. know? So it's like, okay, Hey, that's not working. Let's try this. Yeah. So, right. which again, you can't do unless you have that info. Yeah. Plus knowing him from the conversations uh, that we've had about his level of knowledge if you explain to him, hey, I'm already doing those things, it's not just a matter of him saying, all right, great, keep doing it, uh, or hey, maybe here's some other ones. Mm -hmm. There could be some very valuable information, no. and you're doing the things he recommended as often as he would have recommended, and it's still not working. That could mean A, B, or C. Mm. Why don't we look into those? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, a ton of valuable information that can come out of that kind of communication. Yeah. And from, you know, coaches, like, that's – they're there to guide you. They're there to help you with that. But like at some point though, I've, and I've had this with clients where like I have told them what I know and what they can do. And that might not be fixing the issue or that issue still popping up down the line. And that's when I tell them like, look, like go see it. You need to go see some sort of clinician. Like mm -hmm. at this point I am one, I'm not there. You know what I mean? I, I'm not there to put hands on you. I don't know. I can only see through your video. And two, like that's getting, could be outside my scope and it probably is. You know what I mean? So I don't try yeah. to fix the problem, continue to fix the problem without trying to refer them to someone that can get hands on them. That is directly, that is the field they work in constantly. Yeah. You know, so I think that's, that's the hard part also of coaching nowadays is like, you have to have this outside knowledge of all these things. Whereas before it wasn't as much like that. You know what I mean? The problem is, is so many coaches, I think, Think, how do I say this? Like they think they're masters of everything now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they try to be. Masters of all and jack of none. <laughs> and you can't be. And that thins out like your ability to coach in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, and you see that sometimes. Now, if you're like in this for, you know, 20, 30 years, it's like you're amassing so much information that you're yeah. probably going to know a, a you're gonna lot. Have a, you're going to know a lot yeah. about a lot. You know, yeah. yeah, sure. But like if you've been coaching for two years and you want to, you know, whether it's nutrition or programming and you want to focus on like everything that goes into that from rehab to like no. mobility, you know what I mean? To all this shit, like you might have some knowledge, but there you're, you're wearing yourself thin. Like you, there's mm -hmm. no way you're going to be a master of all those things. It's just not going to happen. I don't care how many search you go to and how many classes you go to, you know, unless you're coming out and you're like, you know, you got your, you know, your doctor, doctor to physical therapy and you're a power lifter and then you decide, okay, I'm going to program for people. And like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but even then your strength is going to be in that recovery and rehab standpoint, your strength isn't going to be on programming yet. You know, so I don't spend time doing it. Yeah. I don't give a shit how many years you went to school. doesn't mean you can coach people through a programming from a programming you aspect. Need that experience. Yeah. So prove yourself then sure. Yeah. But, um, I wanted to get into some responses too from other athletes and stuff. We kind of actually answered some of these or talked about some of these as we were going. Uh, one guy actually said what you said about, um, it kind of baffles me that like this is even like this. He said to have the, his program sent out <laughs> on a consistent basis, like around the same time every week, like same day or whatever okay. is what he meant. Like, so I don't know how his programming works. Maybe he's getting it on Monday one week and 
Friday. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm not I really sure. I thought that would have been kind of a given. Yeah. yeah, I would hope. Like, I, you know, I tell everyone, you should, everyone should have their next week's program by Saturday morning. You know, Saturday, early afternoon at the latest. If you don't have it yet, then let me know because yeah. it, something went wrong, most likely. So, unless they're off track and I have to wait a minute. But, um, you know, one of the other ones is kind of long from one of my clients. But basically, she was saying, um, you know, what she looks for and expectations from a coach is she looks for one that does um, more individualized coaching. So, she'll look at like, the coach and then who they coach and she's noticed before where like a lot of these athletes are all doing the same lift same rep scheme same you know all that stuff and and i've seen that more than a time or two um from coaches and you know what if that's how you set up your model and it's expressed you know beforehand like hey i have 20 athletes they're all on the same program this is kind of how i work it but hey it's cheap like i charge you know, whatever a month and it, you know, it's a cheap yeah, price. Be it for and you, you be clear. It's not individualized. Okay. That's fine. But like, she's talking about the ones that aren't clear on that. So, um, we have a sport was, specific individualized program yeah. made just for you. That looks also just like the one for him and her. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll have athletes that might do the same movement in a block yeah. or like, you know, we all have kind of our prep routines and not that it's the same for everyone, but like, Getting inside, you know, a couple weeks out, there's a lot of stuff that's similar in our methods. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, for example, I think me and Lindsay are doing similar things this week. You know, it's the down taper week heading into the meet. So right. it's like we're doing stuff that's similar, but it's not like the exact same thing even then. So right. um, they'll also, uh, you know, look for for – Coaches that uh, have good reputations of people not being injured, things like that. That's kind of their expectations. Yeah. Like a coach that has time in the sport and has kind of proven themselves that way. Um, but the biggest thing is like what we talked about was um, she was looking for a coach that was harder on her than um, than what other people had been in the past. Um did she explain that what she meant by like harder on her as far as like higher expectations or? Yeah, she basically just says like she was looking for a coach to uh, tell her how it is. Um, she had a previous coach who she thought was still a good coach for some, but wasn't quite hard enough on her um, to keep progressing her. Probably okay. going back so. to that. Everything looks great. You're yeah. doing awesome. Yeah, and I, I think you know that it sounded like she had been with that coach for a while, so. I don't know if it was just a thing of like, that's how the coach was, or if it was a thing of the coach got comfortable with that person and, you know, didn't really give much more from there. I don't know. Started to kind of phone it in. Yeah. Um, that was something that was related to what I was talking about earlier. But the one comment that I got was they want someone who is you know, basically going to tell them how it is, you know, without being an asshole. No. It's like, I want to celebrate the PRs. But I don't need you to handhold me and like pat me on the back every time that I do something right. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think as a coach, you kind of have to find that balance between the feed, like critical feedback, being kind of a mentor for lifestyle things. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously, there has to be positivity in there sometimes. Yeah, no one wants I, an I, asshole for a coach. Yeah, <laughs> I, I throw that kind of stuff. I I would say for me, it's like I might be very critical on your actual lifting, but then like. 
when it comes to like lifestyle or it comes to like just trying to throw little motivational things at them. And sometimes it is a story of like another client or, you know, Hey, I've been there. Like I know how it is. You know, yeah. it's, we've all been there. Um, so like I try to be motivated in that sense. And like, that's why I think it's good for coaches to have some kind of stake in their clients as well as like, you have to kind of start to know them as a person mm-hmm. a little bit too, and their personality and things. Because you then, once you know them a little bit more, you can ask about those things. Like if they're in school, hey, how's school going? What's going on there? If they're just got a new job, how's your new job going? So you can find out like stress levels. You can find out what's going on in their life. Or like, you know, I've had clients that's like, um, you know, I think everything's good. Then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, we're moving, you know, buying a new house, you know, talking about a family start, you know what I mean? All these things, getting a new job, all these life things are changing on them. And then, okay, then that's why your lifting could be going to shit because you're right. focused on all these other things. Let's make some and that's changes. why it's just a down thing right now. We mm-hmm. need to adjust for that stuff. So and as a coach, you do, gen- well, you should genuinely care mm-hmm. about your clients and their progress. Yeah. So even though you might be quote unquote hard on them sometimes, mm-hmm you do genuinely get excited when something clicks or they do yeah. hit a PR or they do yeah. super good at their meet. Yeah. I think, mo- I think most, I think that's what's brought a lot of people into coaching is I think there are truly a lot of people that like to watch other people do well and like to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, there are some money chasers. There are some people that this isn't truly their passion, but they claim it to be. And you know what I mean? They don't care yeah. how you progress either way. Um, but I think there is a lot of them that actually like most coaches wouldn't honestly wouldn't waste their time coaching if they didn't enjoy it to some extent. So. I know this goes off in like a slightly different direction, but it's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to that kind of thing that you touched on is you can tell when you look at what people or coaches post, who is posting because of, uh, their pride in how the athlete did. Mm-hmm. versus the people that are like, look, I made another successful athlete. Look how good I am mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. coach. And yeah, like you have to market yourself. It is a business. Yeah. You have to show that you are good at what you do and successful. Yeah. But you can tell right away mm-hmm. when you see what people are posting, especially when you start reading through captions mm-hmm. and comments, you know, either from the lifter themselves or from other people who know that coach or know yeah. the lifter. Like when all you're doing is putting out post after post of like, look how good I am. Look how good I am. It just, it fucking irritates the hell out of me. All of the hard work it. that the lifter yeah. puts in. Exactly. That's why, like, when I post, I, I always like to talk about where they came from or something they overcame. Or do you know what I mean? Like, I always like to talk about, like, they've worked hard over the past X amount of months. Exactly. And this is where they started. This is where they're at now. You know, and it's always like back on them. I don't, I don't really sit there and say, like, oh, yeah, it was me, my programming. It's just so great. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, you know, like I said, you, you can read it right away in the wow. caption on what uh, you as a coach or other coaches yeah. like that, and they choose to focus on, and yeah. they focus on that athlete's hard work wow. and time put mm-hmm. in and their and, effort. And I think sometimes, like, um, especially when I first, when we first opened the gym and we were first like, you know, I'm I'm on the scene, like, I, you know, sure, I was a coach and stuff, but now I have my own gym. Now I'm trying to make a name. You know what I mean? I'm trying to build a brand here. So, mm-hmm. like, I would throw out posts and I would throw out, like, you know, all the information of like where they came, like what happened, where they came from the time. Like, for example, um, like I was just showing, uh, Lindsay and one of my nutrition clients I picked up, like, um, I was showing her a post that came up, um, 
few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like every detail of where they started on calories, where we got to, where their body fat was, and like all the calculations of everything and like where it went to, right? Yeah. So it's like, I think sometimes you do need to show that like, this is kind of my thinking of where we went to and stuff. But if it's every single post of like, look how smart I am. Exactly. No. Yeah. Two different things. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's look good to many, like show like, Hey, I'm, success. I have the brain to be able to do this, but if your athletes are doing good, that's kind of, kind of prove itself anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you said, did you get, uh, you got responses on that specific topic? I did. And, uh, you actually mentioned one of the things that a response related to where you said they are looking for a coach who has uh, a low history of injuries. Mm. And one of the comments that came in is like they, uh, they're a coach and they're also an athlete. And they were saying that when uh, they are coaching and they typically coach kids, like they want them to have fun. They want to be able to educate them, but they want to be able to be an advocate for safety. And they also Mm. want their coach that they have as an athlete, you know, to be looking out for their safety. So when you say that you're critical about the lifting, that's not just because you're overbearing Mm. when it comes to form. Like you have to be, if you want them to progress, but there's also Mm. a high level of safety that's involved. It's like, listen, if you aren't bracing correctly, as you're going through this, like not only you're not going to progress at a certain point, you're probably going to hurt yourself. Like I need you to be doing these things. I need you to get proper sleep and nutrition because that's going to carry over a big time too. Yeah. And that's something like me specifically. I, I pride on that. Like I, I've never had someone that's gotten like, seriously injured you know we've had tweaks we've had little things here and there yeah two week you know little oh this kind of feels off or three week oh, that kind of hurts a little bit you know and that's powerlifting right in the nature sense. of the game like you're gonna have those but like no one's ever had anything that was that was very traumatic so um i think that goes back to Again, trying to make sure their technique's sound and then just not pushing them to that point a lot of times too. Right. And this is why I try to say, like like you said, food, sleep, where's it at? You know, stress levels, exactly. things like that. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is another topic we could just keep going on and on about. But, um, you know, I think the, the big picture of it all is, you know, athletes, you need to understand, like, your coach is there to guide you. It's not... You know, they, they don't have every single answer at every minute of the day. You need to educate yourself, do your part, do what you're supposed to do on your end. And, you know, same goes for coaches. Make sure you respond to your athletes. Make sure that you're providing programs that you say you're providing um, and actually basically actually care about the people that you're working with. So um, I think athletes, if you are ever wondering about who a good coach is, by all means, ask because yeah. it is a surprisingly small community. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I've, I've, had pe- coaches. Yeah. I've had people message me should about I, other coaches. Should I not ask. work with this person? Yep. No, please yep. don't. <laughs> I message me. I'll give you my straight up answer. I don't care who the coach is. Right. I don't care. I'll say it to their face too. I don't care. So, um, you know, I've had people ask me like, hey, how's this coach? I'm thinking here's my top two, top three. And I'll tell them which one to go with. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, like here's what I know and this person's probably the best pick so yeah that's pretty much it i I know we got other questions we haven't gotten to in the last couple episodes we're terrible so um hopefully at some point we might even just have to do a q a episode at some point here too but um yeah that's it for today so we'll see you later have a good one bye